pull out your message notes, pull out your app. I, w- I want you to take notes. I really feel like God is, again, preparing us. Uh, some of you came here today, and you need a miracle. How many of you have ever needed a miracle? And, and maybe a physical miracle. Has anybody ever had an ailment in your body where you're like, man, I need, I need a miracle uh, in my body? Maybe you suffer from diabetes. See, see, the problem with diabetes is that you can manage it. And what I have found sometimes, and, and I'm just talking, is when you can manage sickness, then we, we tend to not really pursue the healer. Uh, but there are some moments in our life where you can't manage what you're walking through. The, maybe it's, it's the pain in your hip or in your back or in your shoulder. We had people healed in their shoulders. They couldn't raise their shoulders. They could raise their shoulders. You know, you need a physical healing. Maybe it's, maybe it's heart disease. You know, um, you're like, well, I'm functioning. But I want you to know God doesn't want you just to function. God wants you to be whole. God wants you 100% healed. And so there's these physical ailments. And, and we're going to pray for you at the very end for God to heal you and that chronic fatigue I really believe God did something in your life Um, but there's also other areas that we need to be healed how many know some of us need to be healed emotionally you've got some emotional wounds you've got some emotional pain you've got trauma that happened to you uh, maybe as a child, someone molested you, which is horrible. Maybe a parents got divorced. Um, maybe a loved one died or something happened emotionally that scarred you for life. Um, and, and so you need healing because that emotional scar that's unhealed will cause you to walk down a path God never intended for you to walk down. Um, some of you need relational healing. Um, it would take a miracle. You know who I'm talking to. It's, it's your, your, your spouse and you are in the same house, but the love is all gone. It's, it's gone bye-bye. It's, it's left, and it left a long time ago. And the truth is, you guys are headed for a divorce, and you don't love each other anymore, but you're married. You need a miracle. Uh, that God of love would consume your home and consume your life. And, and really, that's, that's a relational miracle. Some of you, you need a miracle with your children. They've gone down a path that you didn't raise them to go down. They're strung out on drugs. In fact, someone's child right now is strung out on drugs, and you have been praying for that child. And I want you to know the Lord says he's going to heal and deliver your child right now. Somebody needs to receive that. And so that relational healing, there's been a severance of that relationship because of the decisions that person has made. Maybe it's with your parents. And and so the truth is this, you need a healing. You need a healing. And and, and what what I want to talk about this morning is when Jesus is in the house. When Jesus is in the house, that, that, that no matter what you're walking through, and here's the challenge, right? Some of you, you're in this place right now, and you say, well, pastor, I don't need a miracle. I'm okay. Like, I'm physically okay. I think I'm relationally okay. I think I'm mentally okay. But the truth is, there will come a day and a time when every one of us are desperate for a miracle, And so what I want to do is I want to prepare our hearts for what God's doing. How do we set ourselves up for the miracle that God wants to do in our life? And I'm going to talk from Mark chapter 2. It's the story I talked on on Tuesday night and Wednesday night if you're a user. But it's from a different perspective. This is the story where Jesus heals the paralytic. And if you've been around church, you've probably heard this story. This is the story where Jesus is talking and speaking in a house. The crowd comes around Jesus. And there's a man who's paralyzed whose friends put him on a stretcher and go to bring him to Jesus 
But the challenge is the crowd is all around and they can't get to him the normal way. So they climb up the roof. They open up the roof, so they tear the roof apart, and then lower the man to the feet of Jesus. And then if you're familiar with the story, you know that Jesus heals the man. He says, rise up and walk and take your mat with you. And so he picks up his mat, he walks out, and he is totally healed. Why? Because Jesus was in the house. Now, last week I talked about it from Luke's perspective. But I want to talk about it this morning from Mark's perspective. This story is found several times in the gospel. And in each one of the gospels, he highlights some things that are a little bit different that I really believe this morning will position us for the miracle that we need in our life. Mark chapter 2, and the whole story is found in chapter in verse 1 through 12. We're going to read verse 1. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word of God to them. So what we see here is not unusual. So Jesus, again, is surrounded by people. Now, Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years of age. So when Jesus starts his ministry, we know that his ministry is marked by the masses of people that crowd around him. He begins to speak the word of God. And the Bible says that when we lift him up, he will draw all men unto him. And so we see this happen. In in other words, Jesus was having church. Yeah, because that's what happens at church, right? People gather and we preach the word of God and the masses come. And, And I would even say that's what's happened here at Anchor Bend. Anchor Bend has been a place that has been marked by the word of God, by the power of God. And I have believed from the very beginning that if we will preach the unadulterated word of God, that he would draw people to come and hear his words. And that's what's happened. I mean, really to see the church grow like it has grown, uh, we're not going to compromise the word of God. Uh, We don't shift God's word because of culture. God's word is God's word. It's infallible. It's inerrant. There are no mistakes. So we preach the whole counsel of God's word. And that's what Jesus is doing right here. So they're having good church. And, And there are great moments in our life. Like up until now, even as a church, we've been having great church. Like, I love the fact that one of the things that marks us, and and I have people all the time say, I came to your service, and I felt the power of God. Like, it was more than just some words you said. It was more than just the band playing. But I really felt the power of God. And it's evident why, because we've had over 2,000 people give their life to Jesus since starting this church. For the first time, people say, I'm I'm giving him all. I'm giving him everything. Well, that only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's presence being in this place. But I want to look here because on this occasion, something is a little bit different than what normally took place when he preached. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. This is the same story, but it's recorded from Luke's perspective. And I want to look. It says, And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Same story. So he's preaching the word of God. So, oh, Pastor, what you're saying is something was different. Yes, something was different in this meeting. The power. Now, when you go to the Greek word right here for power, it's dunamis. Dunamis. That's, so, so, so the Greek word there is dunamis, which means the miracle working power of God. 
the dunamis power. And so in this moment when the word of God was being preached, God's miracle working power was manifested. That, well, clearly that didn't always happen because in this instance it calls it out and says something special was happening in that place. And I feel like that's what's happened with us as Anchor Ben. Look, we've always preached the word. God's presence has always been here. But there's a difference between his presence and his power. And at this moment, the power was flowing. So his presence is here. But there are moments where there's a demonstrative power to his presence. And so you got to be aware of it. And so we know this, that the friends, we, we don't know a lot about them, but clearly they noticed it wasn't just preaching, but there was some power being displayed in this place. And you've got to know this, that no matter what your issue is, Jesus the healer is here to heal you. That there is a power. How do I know? Well, I'm just showing you the videos. How do I know? Because we saw it the first service. We saw it last night. I'm just telling you, it's more than presence in this place. It's his power. And you got to get your faith up. God, you're here to heal my issues. What are your issues? I don't know, but God does. And the healer is in this house. Maybe it's fear. Some of you are so afraid of bad things happening to you. Your life has become paralyzed. Maybe it's loneliness. Some of you have isolated yourself. You could have hundreds and thousands of friends on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media outlets, and yet you've never been more isolated and alone. I want you to know that Jesus is here and wants to heal your lonely heart. Maybe it's emotional pain. Maybe it's physical pain. Jesus is here. Look, I want to continue to read in verse 3. It says, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Now, I love this part because it wasn't just one friend. So we've got to make sure, look, it's not just about having a best friend. And, and I know many of you have a best friend, but you need a tribe. You need a group of friends. You need more than just one because when you get crippled in life, when you're walking through pain, when you're walking through circumstances, it's not about the one, it's about the group. It's about those that are doing life in the same fashion, in the same form, in the same lane as us. These four men carried this crippled man to Jesus. Sometimes we struggle and we say, man, I don't know if I'm ready to have a relationship. And I get it. You know, people hurt you. It's like, man, people hurt me. Yeah, people hurt you. You know, they say, what's the best thing about pastoring a church? People. What's the worst thing about pastoring a church? I didn't even have to say it. Come on. It's the same thing with life. What's the best thing about life? What's the worst thing about life? It's people. And so what we have to do is some of you have stopped having relationships because you said they hurt me. And it's an attack of the enemy because when you're crippled in life, you don't have the people that come around you and say, I know you can't get to Jesus, but I can. And if you'll come with me and if you'll let me get you to the feet of Jesus, the healer is in the house. He's in the house. It's so interesting how for us... We've got to make sure we've got friends who carry us when we're crippled. Your friends, you should show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 
Show me the friends that you hang out. See, here's the challenge, too, with us as Christians. What we can do is we can come to church. God saves us, sets us free, and we keep the same friends that we used to have. And then we wonder why we constantly get pulled back into the world. And we use this excuse, well, but I got I to gotta, I gotta minister to them. But if I don't love them, who will? Jesus loves them. He can handle them. Why don't you sever the tie? Because you need to get healthy before you can lead people to health. And so you've got to find this, this balance of, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of some of the old relationships and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab a hold of new ones. Yeah, but the last church I was hurt. Yeah, but that's the last church. I, I always go back to this whole thing. You ever had a bad haircut? Anybody ever had a bad haircut? Come on. I'm looking at a few. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. Just shut up. No, just, so, you know, but when you had a bad haircut, how many go, you didn't stop going to get your haircut. You found a different barber. Right? And so, so what we do, that was a terrible joke. What was that? That was just like, that was terrible. So you go find a new barber. It's the same thing with relationships. You might have had a bad relationship, but the truth is that doesn't determine all your relationships. You've got to go find the right relationships. You've got to say, look, I'm going to find people that will lead me to Jesus when I'm walking through pain. Because here's the deal. When you're crippled, people will lead you to be better or bitter, one or the two. Yeah, because, you know, your friends who watched you go through the struggle in your marriage, the struggle in your family who don't love God, they're going to say, hey, bro, why don't you come drink a beer with us? Come smoke some puff, puff, give with us. Come on, some of you. You know, you was doing it last week. You know what? But Jesus got you here, so we're good. You know what I'm talking about? Don't act like you ain't been saved but a month. I got it. A week. I got it. We got it. It's okay. You're here in church. And so your friends will lead you down the wrong path. But then you got those that see you walking through hell and they say, I know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. And so you've got to determine who you're going to hang out with because who you hang out with matters. It determines your destiny. It determines whether or not you're going to get your miracle. Some of you, you need a miracle and, and you're here in this place. And that's amazing because God's brought you here right now. And look at verse 4, it says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. So, so I find that very interesting too, right? It's like they're trying to get to Jesus and it's hard. Like they're trying to get to Jesus and there's no way to get to him. Some of you are trying to find the easy way to your miracle. There's not an easy way to your miracle. You have to get to the feet of Jesus no matter what it takes, no matter what it costs, because that's where the healing flows. And it says, look, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. You know, I love that because real friends don't mind getting dirty. Yeah, yeah, real friends. Anybody got real friends or you got fake friends? You know, the Insta friend, you know what I'm talking about? They're going to they're gonna heart your stuff, but ain't nobody going to walk you through your pain. And so real friends don't mind getting dirty. Now, I, I want to raise up a church. My greatest desire is to raise up a church that doesn't mind going to people who are hurting and in pain. Look, I don't mind. You drunk? I'll talk to you. I'll pray for you. Some of you need to be designated drivers for people. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, and, and you know who I'm talking to. I felt this in the first service, and I feel it now, that you got friends that say, hey, man, what, you know, why don't you come pick me up? And you're like, nah, man, what are you talking about? That's going to enable you to do what you continue to do. I, I would disagree. I think if I'm a designated driver, I get to minister to you at your most vulnerable time and get to see the power of God sober you up unlike any other time in your life. I was saved when I was high. Come on, somebody. Like, at the end of, why, why would I say, because friends don't mind getting their hands dirty. Like, yeah, people are going to talk about it. Well, they talked about Jesus. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Look, let them talk. Let them talk, but let God's power demonstrate that he's in the house as he saves them, as he delivers them, as he sets them free. And I love it. They didn't mind getting their hands dirty. It didn't matter. They had real friends that were going to do whatever it took. And look at verse 5. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I love that because it said Jesus saw their faith. He saw it. What we got to know is faith is demonstrated. It's more than just words we say. It's more than just a God bless you. Faith has feet. Like, if you've got faith, it ought to produce action in your life. James 2.26, faith without works is dead. So do you have faith? I don't know. How would I know if you have faith? Well, have you done whatever the Lord has spoke to you to do in your life? And if you produce the action that God's asking for to, to move your life forward, then you know you've got faith. Then look at verse 6. It says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves... Why does this fellow talk like this? So they're thinking. Everybody say thinking. Some people got some stinking thinking. And then interesting, they didn't even say nothing. It's just the thoughts. Jesus calls out the thought, the thinking to themselves. Some of you have been thinking to yourselves, whatever the devil puts in your mind, whatever he puts in your mind, you just, you just agree and agree and agree. And some of you, your problem is you've got to block off what the enemy puts in your mind and you've got to say, no more will I think whatever comes in your mind. Get rid of the stinking thinking. It says, why does this fella talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking those things? And what I would tell you is this. You can either judge Jesus or receive him, but you can't do both. This is for some of you in here right now. Oh, yeah, it's easy to come in here and judge and what I would tell you is if you're judging him, you'll never receive from him. You'll never be able to receive. Why? Because you're constantly judging what's happened. And this is where I, I feel like God has given us a sweet spot. Like we, we're not going to do anything crazy. Ain't no shofars, no tambourines. No, how many know it's going to be normal church that's naturally supernatural? Come on, let me say naturally supernatural. So what does that mean? That means, yeah, yeah. That's a, and so that means you can lower your guard. You can say, hey, look, man, it's going to be great. Pastor's going to lead us. And, and you begin to say, Jesus, speak to me. Jesus, I receive. And it allows you not to try to judge everything because when you judge, you will not receive what it is that he wants you to receive. And in fact, you judge because you've been offended. Look at, look at what it says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. It says, and they took offense at him. There was an offense that was put in their heart towards Jesus. And it says, but Jesus said to them, only in his hometown and in his own household is a prophet without honor. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So the only place that he couldn't do the miracles was where people had unbelief and offense. 
And I wonder why people walk in and out of churches each and every week and they're physically present, but the power's not manifested. I believe most of the time it's because people walk in so offended, they're judging Jesus instead of receiving from the one that can heal. I get it, somebody hurt you in church. I get it, a pastor abused you or said something or did something. I get it. But at the end of the day, what you must understand is offense is a trap of the enemy because it doesn't hurt us, it hurts you. It doesn't hurt me, it hurts you. You're the only victim who is there to realize the pain when offense exists. And the enemy wants you to walk around offended. I mean, how many know when you're offended, you have a filter on? Have you ever been offended at somebody? I'm going to raise both hands. Come on, anybody else ever been offended? Come on, somebody. Like, like, I've been offended. And it is funny, when you're offended with someone, they can say something, and you're like, like they'd be like, hey, and you're like, what's up, man? Did you see how they said hello? Like, what are you talking about? See, you did it again. Yeah, you're just trying to punk me, ain't you? Come on, somebody. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And somebody's like, what are you talking about? Like, like hello? It's a filter that everything is now skewed from this point that you experience pain. It's a reference point that has caused offense. And so you've got to allow God to remove the offense because it's caused your filter to be skewed in church. And the power of God wants to flow in your life, but you've been so offended he's not been able to. Father, I pray right now, whoever is in this place that has walked in offense, Lord, let your healing virtue flow. Power, God, right now to restore what the enemy tried to steal. God, I thank you that you exposed the tactics of the enemy so that your miracle-working power can flow in this place. Even words that were spoken at a young age, harsh words, you'll never. God, I pray that offense would be removed and your power released in Jesus' name. And everyone said... So ultimately, what you got to understand is offense will rob you of your miracle. Some of you sitting in here, you need a miracle, but you've, you've been walking in offense. I believe God's released that out of your life. And look, I, I want to just, I'm about to close, but I want to just finish reading these verses, the last portion of it. It says, which is easier, so now this is Jesus, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, God, or get up, take up your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Now, look at me real quick. This is the first time the Gospels record him being referred to as the Son of Man. All the other times it was the Son of God. Now, that referred to his divinity. This is now referring to his humanity. All God, all man. So what I believe it tells us is that we can walk in the same divine power that Jesus Christ, our example, walked in. And we can demonstrate that through our lives in the world that we live in. Not Jesus God, Jesus human, man, humanity, flesh, mistakes and all. Walking in divine power, just as he had called us to walk in. I, I'm always vexed at this verse, and up until this week, you know, I have prayed. It's like, signs and wonders will follow them that believe. They will cast out demons. How many know that, that verse? It's like miracles, the blind eyes will open. And I've always said, God, where is the demonstration of your power? And I believe what's happening in our church is God has released the demonstration of his power. Well, we know supernaturally that's happened. But what I need you to get is not only are you going to receive it this morning, but you're going to walk out with it to help others receive it in their life. 
All God, all man. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, go home. The man got up, took up his mat, and walked out in full view of them, all amazed, and started praising God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now, what's interesting is his friend's faith got him there, but his faith responding brought the miracle. So look, his friend's faith that got him there, but look, he had to respond. What, what do you mean, Pastor? When Jesus said, get up, take up your mat, and go home, how I many know it, in Luke's version, it says immediately. Like there wasn't a thought, there wasn't a rationalization, but immediately it says he grabbed his mat, stood up, and walked out. And so what you have to understand is there has to be a response to the power of God. Like, like at some point, you could be here today because of a friend's faith. They brought you here. Maybe you saw the video. Maybe, maybe you heard through the email. Or maybe you just came to church. That's okay. But what you got to do now is you have to respond to the power and to the presence of God. What, whatever he speaks in the moment, it's like, God, okay, I'm going to obey. Some of you, and I just sense that you need a, a breakthrough financially. And there's someone here right now, you need a financial miracle, but God has already spoken to you to sow something, and I don't know if it's here or somewhere else, I don't know, you know who I'm talking to. And God said, you've been saying, help me, help me, help me, help me. And he says, I put the seed in your hand, you've got to release the seed so I can multiply what you've already had. So I don't know who that is. So, so it's easy, and, and, and a word like that, you know, it'd be easy just to say, well, you know, I'm a victim. I just can't. No, 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 you're not a victim. You're a victor. God's placed the power of multiplication in your hand, but you got to release it. Forgiveness. I sense somebody right now, you, you, you are asking God to let forgiveness flow in a relationship, but he already spoke to you to go and repent to that person and to walk in humility, but you've been so prideful, you said, I'm not going to do it. God, they need to apologize first. And he said, yes, they could, but only when you do it will the miracle power of restoration be released. I don't know who that's for, but just receive that. That's, that's, you got to walk in humility. I feel the presence of God in this place. Can we just bow our heads and just keep the lights on, though? I don't, we don't need the lights off. Is that okay, everybody? Can we just flow just for a moment? Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here now, Jesus, you change everything. back you're in the very last row you're in the second seat right right yep that's you stand up for me I don't know that I know you I can't see that far back I felt like the Lord said he was going to heal a relationship in your life is that right what is it 
Yeah, is, is am I right? Is that, does, do you have a relationship that needs healed? Yes, okay, that's the Lord highlighting you. He said he's gonna do it supernaturally. You have tried to do all the right things. You've tried to make it happen. He said, I need you to get out of the way and let me do it. It's gonna be sweatless victory, like divine visitation stuff, like God's gonna just wreck their life and he's gonna come in and do what only he can do. And there's unity in this relationship. There's a power, there's a synergy. And I don't know if you feed off of each other in the past, like you were, I don't know. I, I sense there was a closeness before and there's not anymore. And that was an attack from the enemy because he has, God has a plan for you. It's supernatural. I just release healing. We release strength. We release grace. God, I declare, do what only you can do sovereignly. God, any skepticism, and not even on your part, but the other person, I don't know if there's skepticism, but God says, I'm going to break it. I'm going to have a, he's, a visitation from God in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord an ovation of praise. Thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't know you, fourth, three rows up, fourth row, fourth seat. Stand up right there in the green olive shirt. Yep. You know, I've been looking at you the whole service. You know that. I don't know if I know you. Do I know you? Yeah. I don't know. God, is it, today's your first time? Come on, well, come on, somebody. <laughs> Thank you. Well, God's got his hand on your life. You know, since he was lowering some walls, there have been some walls that have been erected in your heart. I don't know if you come from a charismatic background or what. Some, something from the past has kind of kept you very guarded kind of hold your your cards real close you don't let people in you're you're pretty tough and God said I've actually put a tender heart inside of you and compassion and really giving I just sense there's just this you you constantly try to give and it's it's part of your DNA but you shut that part off because people used you and you felt like you were taken advantage of but God says I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams I see God bringing things into your life but it's divine. It's You didn't work for it. You didn't have to earn it. God just brings it. Everywhere you go, you have favor, favor. People like it. It's like, man, and God's going to bring things that are going to be attracted to your life. But it's not for you. It's for the, the, the people he puts around you. You're going to use it to advance his kingdom. In fact, he's going to put his words in your heart. You've said, I'm not going to say it. And God says, yes, you will, because I put it inside your heart. And I'm going to make you speak even when you don't want to speak because I have a destiny and a purpose for your life. God, we release it over him. We seal it. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Father, we thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing this. Let's just sing this right here. Now, Jesus, you change everything. The greatest healing we could ever experience is the miracle and the 
of salvation. It's the healing of our spirit. You know, so many people, and what I've found here is we can be wrapped up in religion, physically alive, but you're still spiritually dead. See, the challenge, if we're not careful, is religion says there are degrees of good. Like, like hey, I need you to be better. I need you to do better. And, and, and religion says this, look, if I could do enough good things, then maybe I can tip the scale and get into heaven. And what you have to know is you'll never be able to tip the scale by your good works. Like every one of us, the Bible says the standard is perfection and holiness. But it says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. David said that you were born in sin. You were born in iniquity. So when you were conceived, your heart had sin in it. There's no way to run from it. We are sinners. And the reason is because that sin has been plagued in our hearts since the fall of man, Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed. And so we didn't have a chance. And then, you know, I've heard people say, well, how can a good God send people to hell? God never intended for people to go to hell. That's the place for the devil and every demonic force that tries to operate in our city, in our lives, in this region. It was never intended for us. In fact, God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, all God, all man, to this earth to live a sinless life, to die a cruel death on a cross, to be buried, but not to stay buried. Three days later, he would rise again, and it's his resurrection power that's in this place. And that's the good news of the gospel. The sin, the distance that you feel, you're accurate. You'll never be good enough. That's an accurate assessment. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works so that no one can boast. It's a gift of God. And right now the gift of salvation is in this place. And some of you are dead spiritually. See, we don't need degrees of being better. We've got to go from death to life. We have been spiritually dead and God wants to awaken us to life. And I believe there are some of you in this place and before we pray for people and dismiss the service, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If that's you, you say, I'm ready to receive the gift of salvation. I'm ready to put my trust in God alone. I'm ready to surrender my life to Him. Some of you for the first time, maybe others, you want to return back to God. You would be, as we would call in the church, backslidden. And you say, I'm ready right now to return back to God. Either one of those, I wonder if you'd be bold enough just to raise your hand. Just, just right now in this moment, Pastor, that's me. Just raise it up. Raise it up. Just in this moment, I'm ready to return back to God. I'm ready to give my life to Him. Keep your hand raised. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Come on. Who else? Seven, eight. Anybody else? Just nine, ten. Come on. Anybody else? Eleven. Come on, church, tell them how proud you are of them. Come on. So I want to lead you in a prayer of surrender. I'm just going to lead you in what your heart has already expressed. Say, Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash away my past. I put my trust in you. Fill my heart with your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus name everyone said amen come on worship God yeah let me do this the one that raised your hand your one two three four five six six yep stand up for me 
I don't know if I know you. Do I know you? Okay. God really said that he's been speaking to you. That you knew today coming here, he would call, like there was a divine visitation. Today was more than just I'm going to church. Like there was something in your inside that said, I got to be there. And God has a divine appointment for you. And it's not even for today. It's what you're going to experience this week. He's going to fill you with strength to face the struggle that you're about to face, the challenges. I don't know what you're walking through, but he is your strength. He is your grace. He is your power. And he's going to begin to speak to you in specifics. Kind of like what I'm doing here. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I called out chief. And there ain't no chief up in here. You know what I'm talking about? I was like, what? So you're going to miss some. So what? And here's what I found too. And, and here's what's even more amazing. So he's going to speak to you in that way, but you got to open your mouth. So, so we called out uh, chief. And uh, here's the cool thing. I told someone, I just told the church we need $10,000 for Pakistan. Someone wrote a $10,000 check last service for Pakistan. So, and all I did was say, so, so I felt like the Lord said, you just keep doing it. And then here's what I found. Eventually that's going to come. And it's like, oh, they were here. Or, Pat, you know, I felt like that. So the reason why I'm telling you that is because God's about to do it to you. You have a very prophetic gift. It doesn't have to be weird, but he's going to show you things. And you just, you begin to step out and say, hey, I feel like God may be saying this. Or, hey, and this is one of the things I say is I just say, hey, who's Jeff? Like, they don't know. And they're like, what are you talking about? But that other dude's like, what the F? I'm like, yeah, baby, that's because God told me who Jeff was. And, and so th that's going to happen to you. Why don't you raise your hands? Father, I thank you for the gift. Raise your hand. You raise your hand. Both of them. Yep. And even physical healing, God, right now from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, you release your power supernaturally, God, that she'll be bold and she'll begin to declare. And God, whatever she walks through this week, you give her strength, you give her grace, peace that passes all understanding in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, stand up on your feet. Give the Lord an ovation of praise this morning. Yeah, come on. everything.